Hey, and welcome to Basically Experts, the podcast where we try our best to answer your questions on all things training, endurance sports, and nutrition related. Yes, hello. Um, I'm Leah. I'm an expert runner and cyclist. I am also a running coach. And this week, unlike last week when I couldn't figure out what my other expertise was, I am on the verge of becoming an expert baker because I finally got a new oven after seven years of having having a broken oven. So I made cookies today just because I can. That's awesome. I don't know how you went seven years with a broken oven. (laughs) I got, I should, I should maybe clarify the stove. It's a gas range and the stove top worked. So it's not like that I just haven't cooked anything. It's just everything I did had to be on the stove. So if I had a recipe that called for roasted vegetables, like I had to cut them up and tend to them and toss them around in a pan to roast them, which works, but it'll be so nice next time I make like cubed up sweet potatoes to just stick them in the oven and do something else. (laughs) I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm excited for you. And I'm Lori. I'm an expert uh, sports dietitian, runner, cyclist, personal trainer. And this week, my expertise is in napping. I have taken a solid nap every single... Today is the first day of the week where I have not napped. And let me tell you, it's 9 p.m. my time right now, and I am feeling I am feeling the lack of nap. So, so ready whole, for bed, yeah. Yeah, the pregnancy <laughs> insomnia has been, like, kicking my butt lately, and this week I just fully gave in to just napping, and it's great. Oh, that's amazing. It's so sad, like, the way that kids just undervalue the nap. Like, kids never want to take a nap, and it's like, listen, you little brat, one day <laughs> you're going to wish – you're going to wish you could take a nap. Absolutely. Sometimes, I, I, not that often, but ever, sometimes, like, if I'm just really having a struggle of a day, I'll even, like, push my computer aside, lay down on my couch, and I'll set my phone alarm for five minutes because it's like I just need to give in. I just need to let the eyelids fall and reset. And it's, like, it's amazing. I mean, that's it is on the verge of being like, okay, that's not fair. That's just a tease. But it's just, like you fight and fight and fight. Like if you're just having one of those days where you just feel like it's a continual sugar crash all day long, even if you didn't have anything sweet. And it's like, just to just let your eyelids be heavy and take over. In previous jobs where I actually like went into an office, I used to take my lunch breaks and go in my car where it was like warm and sunny. And I would just, set my alarm and like put my seat all the way back and recline and just like car nap. Oh my God. I had a, um, an office job and I was just having like one of those days and I had a door to my office, but like, but I also had a window in it. And I mean, I had it, it wasn't an all day and it was a development, like a fundraising job. So it's like, I wasn't, I could have probably just, driven myself home and taken a nap, but that wasn't really, I wasn't that type. I wasn't a lazy employee to where like, they won't know where I'm at. 
I wasn't going to do that, but I definitely was going to take a nap. And the same thing, it was like lunch break. Okay, I'm going to eat my lunch really quick. And then I'm just going to get under my desk. So like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Because you couldn't see, like my desk went all the way to the floor. And I just got on the floor in my office because I I was like, I don't want somebody to look in the window and see me with like my head down on the desk. So I just crawled under the desk and took like a 15 minute power nap. That is hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, take a nap this week. That's, that's my advice for everyone listening. <laughs> yes. Just give in to your nap. You'll be a happier person. Absolutely. So this week's a little different. Usually Leah and I spend a solid like 20 minutes just catching up. And chatting before the podcast. And this week, I'm in Florida visiting my parents. And Leah has stuff. We're just busy. And we didn't get to. So we're just, like, diving straight in. So I feel like there might be a little bit of extra tangenting. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Because we haven't got our chat out of us. We haven't had our fill. I know. We will try to keep it together for you. We've got some good questions. Um, So before we start on more napping advice uh let's dive into the first question <laughs> i mean you know what that could be very valuable advice for anybody who is the type of the the i feel like the person who's like the like-mindedness of someone that's going to listen to our podcast is probably somebody who is should take a nap whether you're an elite athlete or just a recreational somebody who's active on a regular basis i don't think we probably have too many like cereal couch potatoes just tuning in to hear our advice on cycling <laughs> that's very true and i mean naps are so important because endurance training intense training can really take away from your sleep quality and i know we've hit on how important sleep is on this podcast before and it's i mean a lot of pro athletes like what sleep 10 plus hours a day and getting it in (laughs) as a nap is part of it yeah I know so it's like that's not a luxury that everyone has um and especially when like it's just being you're being robbed of sleep at night like I go to sleep on time and I don't have to be up like super early but I just this whole pregnancy has just not let me sleep at night I will be up for hours night after night in the middle of the night and I'm still like trying to be active and everything. And there just becomes a point where it's like, you're just, you're just driving yourself into the ground. You know, if you don't just take a step back yeah, and relax kind of a little bit. It goes hand in hand with the recovery type of thing and time off. We were talking about if that's not, if you don't, if you're not feeling like you're in a total spot where you actually need like an extended period of time off maybe you just need a nap <laughs> yeah absolutely like give yourself that little break like a power nap I'm not like the best power napper if I need to nap it is like I lay down and I am out for an hour you know like I need that solid awesome. sleep time I know some people can do like the five to 20 minute like a little brief power nap that doesn't work for me. I'd much but... rather do an hour, but I just don't have one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I have that luxury right now in life, which is good. And I'm going to take it. So yeah. if you have five minutes, if you have an hour, absolutely put that eye mask on, like shut the door and just give yourself a little break. Cause you're going to wake up more energized and like ready to go and not just feel tired and useless throughout the whole day. Yeah, absolutely. So there's your the advice you didn't ask for, but <laughs> it's good advice. So just take it. And now we'll dive into our question. So 
The first question we have tonight is, I'm doing my first triathlon in September and feel least comfortable on the bike portion. Any tips to help ride this portion better? Um, so, well, Lori's actually done triathlon, so I'll let her maybe speak a little bit to the um, actual triathlonness of it. But I, I, I guess I would, I would want. I feel like fifty percent of the time I take these questions, I'm like, but I have to answer your question with a question first. <laughs> what is making it uncomfortable? Is it your position on the bike that isn't feeling good? Is it that you're just not pacing it properly? Um, I mean, I haven't done a triathlon, but I figure the best I can figure is that a triathlon is similar to, I mean, in a shorter distance triathlon, it's like a time trial. Um, if it's a, like an Ironman distance then it's like a very long time trial. So you need to be sure that you're going, you're exerting enough energy to achieve the time that you want without going too deep. And I think that's even more important in a triathlon because you still got to run when you get off that bike. Um, if you're talking more specifically, like actual positioning on the bike, that's not comfortable. Um, I mean, I think the number one thing is, is spending the money and getting, or, or, or maybe, maybe you don't have to spend money. Maybe you have a friend who's willing to do something for trade or just for free because they love you, but get a good bike fit from somebody who knows what they're talking about. And that's, it's a, maybe you've always been a triathlete, but maybe you've been a cyclist first and you're venturing into triathlon. I don't know what positioning for on the bike is for triathlete, but I do know enough from knowing triathlete friends that it's very different to a road bike positioning. And I, I think even somewhat different to a time trial positioning because of the way, because of the geometry of the bike and it, and it's made, those bikes are made for a longer period of time. I feel like you're, you're kind of put more forward, like hips forward of knee. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm imagining that, but I, I just, I feel like it looks different when I see somebody crushing like a TT position on a road a road time trial bike and a tri bike, it's different. Not, not hugely, but somewhat. So getting a good bike fit and then training in that position, I think it's like, I mean, I, I think triathletes do spend more time on their tri bikes than on road bikes, but especially if you do both sports, um, if that's where you're the least comfortable, like you just need to train in that position. Like the, the, the amount of time, the frequency when I was racing professionally, even at the highest level, the, the amount of time that, that people spend on their tri bike is, or sorry, their TT bike is much, much less than a road bike. And I think if somebody were to say like, well, my goal this year is to be the world champion of the time trial. Well, then you just, you need to spend at least, a significantly more than normal portion of time on that TT bike so that it becomes more comfortable to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm taking this question and because they're doing their first triathlon in September and it's, 
that's what seven months away yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a long way so I feel like okay you haven't really started training yet you just probably signed up for it and it's like your long-term goal so if it's just your goal to you know do your first one and complete it which I feel like is always the right goal to have for any like first time event right so if you're just going out there to do it to complete it which is awesome and then really getting comfortable on the bike portion is just riding your bike more, especially sandwiched in between the other workouts. So doing your brick workouts is going to be super important. Um, But as far as the bike, it kind of depends if you are, if, if it's your least comfortable option and you know, you're just testing the waters with triathlon, I wouldn't even worry about, especially if it's a shorter distance race doing anything on like a tri bike or, you know, you can do clip on bars, but honestly, if you're just doing it and you just want to get through it and kind of feel the sport out, like there is no shame in doing a triathlon on a road bike. Like you absolutely can. And if you're more comfortable on that road bike and think that's going to be a better fit for you for the first one or two or five, you know, cause tri bikes are expensive and new bikes are expensive. So Bikes and really say, yeah, bikes are expensive. <laughs> so, like, just don't worry. Like, don't overanalyze it. Just get more comfortable riding your bike. And, you know, the clip in and clip out portion, if you're doing clip-ins for that transition, is, go- you know, nailing that is going to make you feel really comfortable. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> if you are someone who is more comfortable, like, riding a road bike, but you just don't know how to bring it into triathlon, then just go out and get a pair of clip-on bars because that's going to be the best way to assess without doing like a huge bike fit and like uh, buying a new bike. You're going to be able to tell like, is this a position you can hold? Is this speed worth it? Borrow a tri helmet. That's going to be huge. Um, Especially if it's a longer race. I think the aero bars and the helmet like make the biggest difference Um, as far as like, easy improvements to you know your yeah. your gear setup um and, and keep I, it to easy improvements like yeah I, my, like, my little giggle came in because you started talking about clipping and clip out and I know this isn't exactly just talking about clipping in and clipping out but I had a roommate for several years and he did triathlons and it's like he was just getting into it and he was a pretty talented athlete like he could he was a great swimmer a, a great runner I mean I, I don't know he was he was good at all three but I remember him one day telling me like, oh, and when I do my transition, I do a flying dismount, which I don't, I mean, I, I probably could butcher how to explain it, but basically that's like where you start to dismount the bike while it's still rolling. So you have like your one foot clipped in and like that leg straight down and you're basically unclipping the other leg and flying it like putting it over the seat. So then you're gliding in like standing on one pedal, but it's, it's like, I, I just, to me, it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, but that's definitely something like a first time triathlete don't even need to think about it. Yeah. And it's like this guy, I shouldn't laugh, but it was just funny just because the way he said it made it sound like I knew that he'd only been like training for a triathlon for a number of weeks and I would be venturing to guess the number of hours or minutes even he'd spent on this flying dismount that he's now claiming is the way he dismounts is not very many so he goes to his first triathlon and like 
but he's got to do this flying dismount and he flew right onto the pavement on his face yeah <laughs> so- the dismount is like you're tired you're getting off the bike you still have to run like just take if it is your first one take it easy like there are a lot of tricks of like putting rubber bands around your pedals and like keeping them in place and you know some people take their leave their shoes in which is something that I used to do and you like kind of undo like the shoes with velcro and then put your shoes on top or your feet on top of your shoes and pedal the last few strokes hmm. and then just like jump off so you're in socks and like go right into running shoes but there's so many little ways to do that but that's like the bulk of it is going to be actually riding your bike so focus on like riding your bike better and that's going to be more efficient on the bike whatever your bike setup is that you have and you know if it's a road bike just focus on good cadence focus on the power you can do like like Leah said nailing in that exact like TT power that you still have enough energy to run afterwards um and if you are a little bit more advanced in your or you're going right into TT is like that's going to be your main sport and you have more of a TT setup um the clipping bars or a full TT bike, the helmet is going to be super important. Um, but also it's very different in any road. You can tell you that like in a stage race, when you're not training on your um, TT bike and you put on that helmet and get on the bike, it feels super awkward. It is different. Yeah. It is different <laughs> on your hips. You can't see out of the helmet correctly. So you are looking like at the ground. So you have to feel comfortable just staring at the ground and riding in a straight line and holding your line, it is different. So don't just borrow a helmet and just go out on race day and use it, like practice in it. It's really important. Um, and if you're going to use like clip and bars, again, practice, just spend more time in them. So you feel more comfortable in them, like on, on actual race day. Yeah, absolutely. And good luck in September. Cause yay. Absolutely. (laughs) I hope, I hope more than anything for you that the race happens and that you enjoy it. I have been seeing some people post like race, like, so I'm here in Florida right now and and we all know that Florida is still business as usual. Like the pandemic never even happened here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's a race going on a stage race in Gainesville apparently this weekend. And I'm just like, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I would love to say, like, well, they've got it figured out. Everyone's just going to laugh at us. Like, why didn't you do events? I don't know. I don't know, but I do think they're going to start coming back, especially towards, like, September. So I think this person will probably be safe and will be, you know, racing. So keeping that race mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be – that's a good thing. Um. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more races happening. So, again, that's more reason to, like, use this as your rest period and get some more rest in now because towards September, like, things are going to ramp up. Yep. Good shout. All right, next question. Oh, good. I don't feel like eating before a workout. Personally, this is, like, never my problem. Does it really impact my performance to skip it? Okay, great question. I feel like this is probably a runner because this comes from runners all the time. Um, it's just a lot easier to eat and then get on the bike than it is to like eat and go for a run. Um, yeah. But anyone who's like working out early in the morning, like this is a really common question. This is probably one of the most common things as a sports dietitian that I hear from people is, 
I yeah, I feel like, like we've actually eat. addressed versions of this question like yeah, three times. So clearly you, we get it all the time. And it's going to come up again because it is seriously the most common thing. And it's for one reason or another, right? You don't like to eat before because you feel heavy or you don't get to go to the restroom or you don't, you wake up and have to work out within 30 minutes or, you know, whatever the case is, there is something that's keeping you from eating before the workout. Does it impact the performance? Yes. And no. So I want to say if it is a, if you're waking up and like getting right out the door and it is like a 30 minute to like 45 minute workout and it is not a key workout and you fueled enough the the night before, then you're going to be fine to get through it. You know, have some water. It's going to be fine. Make sure you eat right after. So you're coming back in and you're not then taking a shower and getting ready for work. You are eating your breakfast, like eat your full meal immediately after. So that's the big thing there. Um, if you are looking for performance on that workout, so if you're waking up and you have a really hard workout or you're doing an FTP test or something crazy, right? Yes, it is going to impact your performance if you skip it. The research is so clear. Every study done that puts carbohydrates before your workout and during the workout shows improvements. So even if you ate well the night before, even if you only have 30 minutes, like wake up and eat that gel or half a banana. And then once you get clipped in, you know, if you're riding the trainer and get clipped in and just while you're spending that first five minutes warming up, put a gel down your face, like, yeah, get it in, you know, like it's, you can do it. You should do it. It is going to help that workout really try to get it in, um, you know, 45 minutes, at least 30 minutes before you start the effort part and the harder the effort, you know, the simpler, the source. So, you know, that glass of juice or that banana, that gel, um, some, you know, don't try to eat a huge bowl of oatmeal with a lot of berries and nut butter. And then, get on the bike and do your thing like in 20 minutes. Cause that probably won't go well. Um, and if you do have a lot of time before your workout, if you're just kind of that person who, oh, it feels kind of heavy and I don't want to do it. You know, if you're waking up, you have two hours before you start working out and then you're training for an hour. That's way too long to go between eating the night before and fueling yourself for being an athlete. So If your goal is performance, you know, if you're not worried about performance and you're just doing it to be fit, you want to lose weight or whatever your deal is outside of performance, then it's not going to matter as much. If your goal is to get faster, stronger, perform better, get better results, absolutely, you need to put fuel in the form of mostly carbohydrates before your workout. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what more I can add. I mean, exactly what Lori just said. And I think it's like the key, th- because I, I'm a big, like, if it's a, if it's a Saturday, Sunday, and I'm doing something longer, especially like I'll get up and I'll have breakfast. But during the week, I don't have, I don't have the time to eat an hour, two hours before a workout. So I just take a gel. Like, is it the same type of fuel as, as like a, a more dense meal? No, but it's like, calories are better like you don't have to if you're if you're in a time crunch you can still take that's why that's what those things are designed for I mean yeah yeah, they're designed for in competition as well but it's like 
So it does feel weird. Like it doesn't feel, I mean, I'm used to using gels in training and in competition, but it's, 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 it takes a minute to get to where, like, it's not a natural thing to get up. Like if I wake up in the morning and I'm doing, if it's a morning where I'm going to eat breakfast and then train a few hours later, it's like, okay, you can get up and you look forward to like making a breakfast wrap or making some pancakes or making your oatmeal, whatever it is. But you don't get up and like, oh, sweet, like gel, but just, just take so it. It's not. What if it's a breakfast flavored gel? What if it's like espresso I mean, I or pancakes? For me at five flavor. in the morning, I'm just sucking it down. Like I need this. In <laughs> yeah, the same way, like it's the same way you take a vitamin. Like you don't take a vitamin unless you take the gummy ones, which I mean, whatever, they're half sugar. But if you take like a regular pill vitamin, you don't do it because it tastes awesome. You do it for supplementing nutrients and things you are lacking in your diet. So just think of a gel like your morning vitamin before your workout. So that's a super good point. And I'm glad you said that because I think a big part of this question is that I don't feel like it part. And again, when you're trying to perform, like maybe you don't feel like doing a half mile repeats. Maybe you don't feel like doing that, you know, TT workout that your coach gave you but you still do it. Right. So it is removing, it is sometimes you have to do what is best for you and do the things you know you should do regardless of feel. Right. And that's just kind of the bottom line sometime. And if you put that into place and you just make it a part of your routine, regardless of, you know, if you feel like it, then it eventually it's just going to become what you do. It's going to become normal habit and you're going to start to appreciate how that's impacting your performance in a positive way. Exactly. Yeah. Crushed right through that one, didn't we? Yeah. So on to the next one. We're getting great at it. Yeah. And then we'll just nail it. (laughs) We're good. So the next question is, I really love riding my bike to work, but don't have access to a shower. I'm sorry. I'm trying. There's nothing funny or wrong with this question. I'll I'll explain a minute why I'm laughing. Any tips to not go through the workday smelling and with helmet hair? Um, I'm giggling because I am just an incredible, I'm going to approach this question as if you're not me, because the way that I sweat, like it wouldn't just be helmet hair. It's like sweat on, like my hair would be wet it, living in a state as hot as Arkansas, this wouldn't even be an option for me. And I guess I don't know also what your job is. So I don't know what is an acceptable level of like, you know, cleanliness, but I'm going to approach this as if you're somebody who doesn't have, doesn't like just sweat ridiculously. Um, and I think like finding a good dry shampoo, I say that like I'm somebody who uses one a lot and I don't because it just, I just, wash my hair once or twice a week and I work from home. But I think if you aren't a super heavy sweating person, getting a good quality dry shampoo should be in like, maybe if you can even, I don't know. I also don't know what your hair texture is. See again with them answering the question with a question, but if you have like, if the helmet is putting like kinks in your hair, they sell, I have this really tiny, like a hair straightener. It's literally like maybe six inches long and a half inch wide that it, could really easily stick into a backpack if you needed to just like touch up your hair really quickly. Um, And I I don't know as far as not smelling, you can find really good body wipes. We used to have these ones that were called um, action wipes 
And no joke, they were called that because they originally were created for the porn industry. And um, <laughs> true story. But they were they were so good. Like I've used baby wipes, which is another alternative. But baby wipes to me, after using like the action wipes, it was it was almost. I mean, the texture, like when you pulled it out of the pack, it felt sort of like a baby wipe or any sort of wet wipe. But baby wipes, I've found kind of some of them will tear and start to kind of roll balls up. The action wipes were made. It was almost like having a very high quality wipe or a low quality rag. Cause it wasn't, you know, it was, it was disposable, but they're not in business anymore. I don't know why. Cause they were really great, but I'm sure you can find something similar. Just getting a pack of like a quality body wipe that you can wipe yourself down with. Um, or even carrying like a, a a rag and just a little thing of like just give yourself a rag bath. But just to me, the wipes are easier because you know then you don't have to carry home your wet rag and your bottle of soap. It's all just in one nice little wipe. That would be my advice. I honestly am thrilled that you brought porn into our podcast. <laughs> And you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And separately, um, <laughs> I am really excited for this question because I honestly feel like such an expert at this. I used to be so efficient at commuting and then doing lunchtime workouts and commuting home when I lived in Florida. So it's hot. It's sweaty. I would seriously like sometimes run into work, sometimes bike, sometimes rollerblade, and then also do a lunchtime, like hit the gym that was nearby. So I had it down to a science and there was no shower. Braiding hair is a great way to do it. Like braid your hair, dry shampoo is awesome too. So just stash that in your office. If you have an office and it does, you know, this is obviously easier if you have your own office Throw out some files and just give yourself a little room in your desk for dry shampoo, the wet wipes, an extra change of clothes, like just a dress. Dresses work great for commuting for females anyway. So if you're a female, rely on a dress because you literally just toss it on. You don't have to worry about matching things. You don't have to worry. Like you can pull up your bike um, shorts like right under it, you know, so it just makes like the whole transition really easy. Um, so throw that extra set of clothes in there, some fuel, like throw a couple extra bars in there. Um, but really like the wet wipes are the best option. Um, I used during like van living, the big towel kinds, like they actually sell ones that are large. So you can wipe down your entire body and then just keep some spare deodorant in there. I am not a heavy sweater. So like I could do this and just not be too concerned, you know? Yeah. Um, but still, you know, you don't want to feel gross all day. So give yourself a solid wipe. There are some like mists, like facial cooling mists that can really help if you get in and you're feeling like your face is hot and you're red and you're on fire and you just need that extra minute to cool down. Like some of those cooling sprays can work really well. Um, Have you ever used the cooling wipes? Like the... No. I'm trying to think of what they're called. I don't... I. I I don't know if I love them or not. They're small, but it's like, I was like, how do these cool you off? But I think they must just have some sort of alcohol in them that mm. then it's like, you know, it's yeah, on like your skin. Like, so then the, 
a cucumber or like aloe or something kind of yeah, refreshing. I don't, know. It just, I don't know. It was just sort of strange. There is a brand, I think it's called Sweat Wealth or something like close to that. Huh. And it is, they have a spray shower. Like it's a waterless, wipeless like shower spray. It works super well. So wait, what? So you just yeah, spray it on? You don't even have to wipe it off? Yeah, I need to find this product because I did use it in place of a shower multiple times. Um, I will look it up and post it on the IG because yeah, it's really it's really a good product, um, but it's just escaping me at the moment, and my computer is going really okay. Power shower—that's what it's called. Sweat wealth power shower and they the whole company like has a lot of like um the hydra drench so that cooling mist like it's products to help you get from the bike or run to the office or wherever you're going um easier so definitely recommend those products or having those products on hand or anything like that but the wipes work really well um and just being like really efficient with it so kind of have your gear on hand wear things that aren't going to be super hot if possible once you get in you know to give yourself some breathing room um and honestly don't overthink it because the best thing you're doing is being healthy for yourself and getting that commute time in and it's great for the environment and if you're a little sweaty and your hair doesn't look perfect like so what right like you're setting such a good example for everyone else in that office So I feel like that's what you should really be confident with. And then, you know, I'm looking at this power shower now online. I thought you meant it was like, it looks like you spray it on and then you do wipe it with like a towel. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I was like, you just spray it on. You don't have to do anything. Is it just like, it just, (laughs) it just eats away all the bacteria, but somehow not your skin. Oh my gosh, that just made me think of Mean Girls. You haven't seen that, have you? I haven't. It's like the carb bars. Oh, it just eats away all your carbs. You have no carbs. <laughs> oh, it's great. You need to watch that. Oh That's my goodness. That's also my advice for the week. If, if anyone has not watched Mean Girls, like do yourself a favor. Just watch Go it. watch that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so any other advice? Um, don't have access to a shower. Yeah, really. I think the main things are just the wipes and then either finding a way to like braid your hair or use the dry shampoo if you're a guy maybe a little bit of gel or same thing a good deodorant or hey if you can maybe you rock that pixie cut if i looked cute with a pixie cut i promise oh. you i would i would never have long hair I, I i like long hair but just for the pure ease of it like oh why can't i have like a face that works with cute short hair I just don't absolutely i found it harder to have short hair well i've only had as short as like chin length maybe yeah, well then shorter. you can't then it's like it's but almost it's long horrible. enough to pull back it's but you worse. can't but i'm yeah, talking about like a christy worse. tracy pixie cut okay yeah you can if you can do a pixie cut that's your best option if not like the longer you can get your hair the better because it's <laughs> kind of like ponytail it or braids it so there's no happy in between with that um but and the helmet like there are some helmets that are worse than others so if that's really an yeah. issue for you you know try on some different helmets and see which make your hair like really bad um but I find that braiding is is like the best option um and then thing like and I and this is this is absolutely not tried and true but if you want to be my guinea pig something I just thought of if 
you aren't a heavy sweater because this isn't going to help with body temperature control. But I've just been introduced recently to these things that it's like, it's like a, it's like a, I actually think from looking at the website that it's something that's probably much more commonly used with black people because of their hair texture being different. Actually, I feel like we talked about this now because you said you have silk pillowcases, but it's like, I do a, have silk pillowcases. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it looks like a beanie hat, like a, I mean, it doesn't really look like winter because it's not that fabric on the outside, but the shape of it is just like a typical, like a running beanie, but on the inside it's satin and it's supposedly we lose a lot of our hair's moisture into our pillowcases and a lot of breakage can be caused while you sleep. So a girl from Zwift who she's, she's not black. So I don't think it's only made for black people. I'm just saying like, if you're. I don't even know why I'm anyways to get to my point. My point is I've been wearing this thing while I sleep and I don't have great hair, but I have definitely noticed that my ends are not breaking as much as that. I also have changed the way that I put my hair up instead of like, I used to do ones where you pull the ponytail halfway through. So that way, like the bottom two inches of your hair pretty much are always being pinched off. So I've stopped doing that as well. But if you could manage the heat, I wonder if like wearing one of those caps under an oversized helmet would keep, because like the way that my hair like mats and kinks when I just sleep normally versus even like I twirl it up into this cap, but in the morning I'm like, I'm not saying it looks great, but it definitely looks more, it, it looks much closer to what it looked like when I went to sleep than I ever did before I used this thing. So if you could manage that temperature, that might be something that would keep you from getting helmet hair, but it also could make you hot AF. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you want to practice in that for me and let us know if it works, get yourself a hair cap um, and try it out. I'm into this. Send us packets <laughs> in your photos because I want <laughs> I mean, I can take a photo of me wearing my hair cap under my helmet. I'm never going to go ride that way because I would burn up. Well, that's not true. It's pretty chilly out right now. I guess I could try it. But mine it would just be a, a sweaty thing. mess. Yeah, please don't please don't try this and then overheat and then <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Exercise caution. Yeah. Do it on the trainer. Try try it on the trainer with your helmet on and see if it works. And please send us photos. Yes, just absolutely. Purely for our entertainment. <sighs> Because this is all about us. <laughs> um, great. I think anything else to add to that one? Uh, I think I think that's good. Um, and just like superpower to you for commuting because I really do think yeah. that is awesome. I think that's the best way to go. More advice for everyone who's listening. Go commute on your bike because that's what you should do. And another question. Um, ooh, okay. Next one is favorite training books? Question mark because that's not really a question. So, but it is. I need some good reading material. Do you have any favorite training books? Um, yeah, this is a fun question. I do. I am not someone who reads like a ton of training advice. Um, I definitely did when I was starting out, when I was like first trying to be a runner and I read a lot. I read like everything I could find to read. Um, lately I found that I don't get into other people's like training schedules too much, but I think that's just because I've developed my own, like what works for me. Um, and 
some books that I really have enjoyed and that I have at home still that I've like hung on to are um, the Hanson's Marathon Method. That's one of my favorites for running. I think it lays out really logical like running plans and also for like your mid-level runner and then the more elite runner. So you kind of can look at both aspects and see, and I think it's very approachable and very like matter of fact, which I like. Um, Another running one that I really liked, um, advanced marathoning. I know those are all like longer distance runnings, but that's what I was into. So advanced marathoning was great because, you know, you kind of reach a point where you're good, you feel like you know what to do, but you want to get better. Um, So I think that was great at putting some strategies for advancing in. Um, As far as cycling goes, there is... Shoot, I'm trying to remember. Training with a power meter. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Training with a power meter. Which is like, I'm laughing because I've heard that... I haven't read it. I've heard that it's a really good book. But I'm like, could you be any less original with your title which i mean i guess that's it is what it is and you don't want to like scope but it's just a really funny name because it's just so like it's like with a power meter it's yes the title is so basic (laughs) but the information is really good if you're kind of like oh why do i have this power meter what do i do with it or should i get a power meter that's like a great book to get into Uh, there's also like the super basic bicycling book I don't even know what year this is from it's pretty old but bicycle maintenance and repair if you're just looking for like the basic of (laughs) right like these are the basic go-tos like how does my bike work how do I change a flat tire like that kind of stuff um one uh, I can't think of the name it's like the racing bible or something it's not a training bible but it has something to do with racing and how if it if i think of it if it comes to me i'll call it out but a lot of people like fast after 50 if you're in our audience and are over 50 um i have not read that one but i know a lot of cyclists in that age group have turned to that book um do you plan to read it like when you're 49 (laughs) I don't know if we'll have to see if I'm feeling fast and I don't think so. I probably won't. I don't know if it a, it's a book that appeals to, to me, but I have heard that a lot of people like it. There's another one called Endure that I think is a really good one because it's more of a mental, like how to use the mind and strategies to keep going as an athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the ones that are coming to mind right now. Leah, do you have any that you've found really helpful? Well, you know, I, I started, I'm sorry, I'm, I've also got, I keep catching my fingernail, like just on my couch, on my sweatshirt. I'm trying to find the bit of it that's explaining if you're hearing weird little filing noises. That's me trying to get this so I don't ax something off. So while you were talking, I started trying to craft my answer to this. And then I had this epiphany moment of like, um, I'm just going to be very authentic and not apologize for who I am. And I'm not into training books. I never have been. Um, and I started, I was like, Oh, I guess I should give some reason. Like now when I was running, I read every like 
running book out there. I can't, it was, it's been a minute. So I can't, I know there was one on Marla Runyon, like the blind runner. And I know there was one on Jim Ryan. There was one on, they're like, like every person I've read them all and loved them all. I can't remember the names now, but, and they might've talked about some of their training, but I've never read a book that just specifically was on training methods. And I, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about why, but as I was sitting here in the last five minutes, kind of trying to think of like, well, I wonder why I think it's sort of like if I'm at a new job and somebody's like, read through this. And it's a lot of detail. I learn better by doing like, you can explain to me the entire process of something. And I'm probably going to need, need a hotline for the first time I do it. Now I'll probably only need to ask you questions through it twice. And unless it's super complicated, I, I learn pretty quickly if I do, but not so much by reading. And so when I was on, like when I ran track and field in college, I was in my coach's office. Oh, I probably wore that man out because I wanted, like, I always had questions and I always wanted to know. And I would think a lot on those things and the things I learned from hours of doing them and listening to him and even listening and looking at what he did with other athletes who were different from me. I've learned through those processes. So it's not that I don't care about the training process and, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of value to reading those books, but I just have never been, I've just never been into it. Yeah. And I mean, that's totally valid. And I think you get to a point in athletics, you know, where you're, you're just kind of developing your own thing or, you know, you're doing and you're just in it and you're learning as you go, which is awesome. Some sports, or if you like don't have a team or a coach, I think reading training books can be a great way to like get into it and get some basic knowledge. Another one I really like is peak performance. And I listened to that on audiobook um, some some time during my van journeys to go to races. And I think it's more, again, of that, like, mindset of not like the self-help kind of mindset, because I can't get into that, but the more, like, science data reasons behind why good performances happen, and, like, which I find really fascinating. And then also, like, kind of more to your point, like, it doesn't have to be a training specific book, like read more books on your sport and like, um, what is it? Like once a runner or, yep. Um, I was, I was going to say, let me walk over to my bookshelf and see. Yeah. Like, cause there, I can give you, I still have a bunch of them and like they're so good. Run, there is, um, what's that ultra runner, a woman, I can't think of her name. She's like, one of the best ultra runners um, I'm trying to hand something anyway like read about running like or cycling like read people's accounts of what they did and just the stories behind it because it will help inspire you to be you know just to get into it more and um born to run I don't find that to be a training book I only like the first half of it and then it got a little weird for me but I found it very like inspiring in that first half. So like, oh, I loved it, but just don't read it and then think you need to wear. Yeah, shoes. exactly. Once it got like, <laughs> too, it, it started it really well, and then it dove into like this kind of cult practice, and I was just like, what? Um, 
but any book like that can be like super beneficial because it's just getting your mind in that more. And then on that same note, if you're not into like reading, start watching races, like yeah. even disciplines you don't do, like put track races on, put like, there's so much on YouTube, watch the, you know, people racing a 5k indoor versus an outdoor watch, um, a TT, watch some cross race cyclocross. It is so beneficial to see the athletes and see what they're doing and to get to the point where you can start identifying this person's going to go farther because they just did that move. This person is going to struggle because you can just tell by their, their body form, right? Like when you get to that point in watching races, it's so beneficial and it's so helpful to just take it in. And the more you take in and the more you start to recognize, like it's, I think it's more beneficial probably than just reading a book on how to do it. Yeah. Um, so definitely don't undervalue just watching races. And again, it's just kind of that anything you can do to immerse yourself more into the sport that you want to be better at. I'm looking now. Okay. I've got once a runner. I actually have, well, I have run faster by Brad Hudson, but I don't know where that came from. Cause I can tell you, I haven't read it. It might be great. Um, I've got um, from last to first. I don't remember that, but I'm sure I've read it. I've got the Hanson's book, but I haven't read that. Run with the Champions, Fast Track, which is Susie Favor Hamilton, um, Chasing the Runners High, Devil at My Heels is, I'm so bad. Oh, that, never mind. I was like, I think this is about bikes, but it's totally not. But it's a great book. You should read it. It's it's down here with all my other sports books. That's awesome. It's it's a good book. Um, And yeah, I think the Marla Runyon one was called like Life as I See It. It was really good. Um, I don't, apparently don't have that one anymore, but I, I do remember it being great. So yeah, read some of those inspiration and watch movies about it there's so many good running movies um that i can't think of any of them i was gonna say i can't think of any like running movies but sure good running movies um chariots of fire oh oh what's the one um it's it's pretty it's pretty recent um with uh with god kevin costner um have you not seen that where he's a coach with that team? It's like they're all Hispanic kids. I mean, it's a true story. No. Oh, my... I'm going to have to Google it. I'm still looking. I've got another stack of books. So I'm trying to. We will one. come up to, with a follow up to this question and yeah. post it on the gram because I am also not in front of my bookcase. And I know <laughs> I'm a book lover and I know it's like filled with books, but. Yeah, we can definitely put together a more complete list, but just like general thoughts. These are some of the ones that come to mind, some of the ones that are probably on everyone's bookshelf who's an athlete. I don't know any triathlon specific training books. I don't think I've ever read one. Um, I just remember watching lots of like YouTube videos when I was trying to do triathlon and learning all the transition things and just like watching the videos on best practices. Um, McFarland USA. That's a running movie. Yeah. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, it's so okay. good. I'm going to have to add it to my list. I'm going to watch it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's more like movie than it's about. I mean, it's, it, yeah, the whole thing is about this running team, but, but it's like, it's not, it's, it's just, it's so not, yeah, true. like, even if you don't, even if you like spend every evening on your couch with a pack of lays, just like smoking cigarettes, it's still a good movie. <laughs> there's a good there's a cycling movie that i really enjoyed and i cannot think of the name at all but i'll try to describe it there's this french it's a female cyclist who was like one of the best cyclists for a period of time on top of all the races right like super pro and is it a true was, story or is yes it a- so she was caught doping and it's all about her doping and how that like came about and everything. And like really brought a lot of things to light. I feel. Um, yeah. It was, she was a French cyclist and I can't I think of that, but like, maybe think of, what's that one that everyone watched a few years ago. It's not about, um, oh God. the Lance Armstrong one. Well, it was, I like, did not watch. I watched that one too, but I'm thinking of the, um, Icarus. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh my god! You have I'm so bad at movies. <laughs> well, but Ica- Icarus is a documentary. Icarus is the guy who the movie starts. It's it, it or the documentary starts because he's decided he's like an average Joe cyclist, and he's like, I'm going to do an experiment, and I'm going to see what happens if someone at my level dopes. So, like, mm. like you Got know, it. the whole purpose being. But then the whole thing changes because as he, he ends up getting connected with this guy who like was the guy for a lot of high level pro athletes. And he gets into this whole thing with like the scandal of doping in the Olympics. And like, it's, it's crazy town. You have to watch it. It's, it's really, it's really, really good. Yeah. Must watch. Well, we've all got, we, I feel like, we gave everyone a lot of homework this week. We, we want did. you to take lots of naps. <laughs> we want you to read some books, watch some movies. Um, Do you have COVID? Because we have just got your entertainment for the next yeah, session. Right. We make jokes about that too soon. Do you yes. have mono? I'll just say mono. <laughs> you have mono. Stay home. Anyways, be safe and read some books, watch some training movies, yeah. uh, watch some races on YouTube. And yeah. you'll be a be- and sleep in a silk pillowcase or head wrap. And- <laughs> yeah, we 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 plowed through a lot tonight, though. Yeah, I feel like we were okay. Maybe if we don't spend a ton of time chatting before our podcast, we're actually more effective at being experts. Maybe it's because I didn't drink wine. Because I have to drive to the airport, so it wasn't an option tonight. Oh, that's true. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's I like, a major I like bummer, wine though. Leah better. <laughs> <laughs> wine Leah is lots of fun. I mean, I can't have it, so I really want you to enjoy it Yeah, me, you just want so. to live vicariously. Well, I definitely Absolutely. would have. I actually have a bottle here. I would have had a glass, but I just... No, I'm 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 a big advocate of not drinking and driving, especially at... Well, ever, but especially at night yeah like it's hard enough to see in the dark don't make it harder (laughs) (laughs) and and we prove our age again i was just gonna say (laughs) hashtag old people things but i've never seen well at night like i have astigmatism and when i do you see like the halo the halos yes and if it's raining you can just forget it yeah so it's like it's been a thing forever and it doesn't spoiler alert doesn't get better when you get older no 
No, it's yeah. rough. All right. All right, guys. Well, have an awesome week and give us your questions. Write us, find us on the IG. Oh, Leah yeah. Where can, where can they write to us? <laughs> <laughs> at Leah Thurmelson, at Hungry for Results, at Basically Expert Pod. Um, experts. Basically experts. experts. Yes. Pod. Basically Experts Pod. Um, DM us any way you want to get us your question. We're here for it. And yeah, we will chat again next week. Okay, bye. Bye.